up, real estate world? It's your favorite real estate hooligans. I'm Tanner Hall. This is Ryan Sexton. And we are doing the deed. Number one real estate podcast in the world, Craig. <laughs> Not the city, but the world. The world. Listen, big announcement. Yeah. Big announcement. Okay. Look at these shirts. Ryan was so friendly, such a good podcast partner. I sent him this and I was like, ha ha ha, let's we should do something. Like he bought me. A matching sweatshirt with him. Yeah, told me not to me. put it on until the podcast because I got sweaty pits, so well, I'm putting it on now. All right, there we go. Put it on. Do you have an undershirt on? Uh, uh, oh, oh. oh, It's okay, ladies. He's taken. <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually super excited today. We have a real estate investor with us. His name's Clay. We'll let you introduce yourself. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, yeah, I'm, my name's Clay Hepler. Looking forward to talking with you guys, hanging out here today, having a good time. I am a investor in Pittsburgh, yep. multifamily properties, and okay. I have a, a luxury Airbnb out in the Rockies. Oh, so I'm wow. kind of in a little bit of the Airbnb game, kind of higher price, you know, Airbnb, and then multifamily burrs and stuff in Pittsburgh. Where, all, where's the uh, Airbnb at? It's in, it's actually about a minute from the opening of Rocky Mountain National Park. It's in a little town oh, called sweet. Grand Lake. So you, you ca- if you're looking at Denver, it's kind of like Denver and then all the Rockies there right to the west. Uh, and then there's Estes Park, which is right next to Denver. A lot of people probably know where yeah, Estes Park is. Yeah, my friends got married out there. Oh, nice. It's beautiful. Nice. Yeah. So it's right on the other side of that. Oh, dope. So it's re- literally right in Grand Lakes, this little, it's, it's got a couple lakes there. There's, you know bunch of awesome lake houses mm-hmm. and we got a house there that we bought uh earlier in the spring and ha- kind of been playing the airbnb game which has been interesting uh totally interesting i got an airbnb management business so it, oh, <laughs> my, oh, oh, my, oh. my ears go like this every time anybody yeah. says you know yeah. Air- airbnb so. yeah so that's been um we're actually i'm flying out there this weekend we're doing uh a whole house uh kind of remodel with the flooring mm-hmm. uh, and it's like mm-hmm. 4,400 square feet. Nice. Oh, wow. So well, enough about Colorado. Let's see what you're doing at Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 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 Uh, so Pittsburgh um, kind of done a couple of things, right? So last year I was in the wholesaling business. We did about 70 deals. Uh, <laughs> and and then this year, you know, I've been kind of scaling up my multifamily, just kind of doing everything myself here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're buying like Burr Maltese, anything from like, you know, duplexes to... 10 units and That's just burn awesome. them out. I have so many questions. I know. Me yeah. Too. So many questions. <laughs> start, buddy. Let's start here. How long have you been doing it? Uh, about two years. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah about two years. It, it, two years and about a month now. You know, investing and, and being active in the real estate world. What's your background? Did you go to school or did you just yeah. like doing real estate? Yeah. So I, uh, it's very funny. I never thought that I was going to get into business real estate. I kind of like avoided those classes in college. I wanted yeah. to work for the state department. Okay. So I was uh, going to college. I was a college athlete. So late. State yeah. department. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> hey, listen, we're rusty, all right? Okay, we're okay, okay, rusty. okay. You, I could repeat that if we didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So, so long story short, I was working for the state department. I was working in for the embassy in Buenos Aires. So I wanted okay. to go to college. In and like, where? At Buenos Aires in Argentina. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So I speak Spanish and Portuguese. Love that. Wow. Um, that good meat. Dude. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It was great. The best meat. The best meat. <laughs> they actually eat the most meat per capita of any of really? any country. I, I wasn't in that in that survey. 
Okay. I think I eat the most meat okay. per capita. You're a little, you in can have Pittsburgh. your little neighborhood. There you go. When you're here. <laughs> and meat and kielbasa, right? You gotta have the yeah, kielbasa. Yeah, you're yeah, Pittsburgher. Yeah. You gotta have the, uh, the kielbasa. Polish on me. There you go. There you go. No. Uh, so, long story short, I, yeah. I thought I wanted to do that, right? I thought I wanted to be in the State Department. And basically, what I did was, um, you know, we worked with the, the gov- U.S. government and Argentine government, and we help like micro entrepreneurs, kind of okay. like uh, you know establish like expats, like people that okay. are like, hey, I want to yeah. live abroad or whatever, and I want to start a beer garden or something like that. And we kind of help with the paperwork around like how do you start a business in Argentina. I can see why you wanted to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was horrible. I mean, it was really horrible. And, and Other than being in Argentina, right, 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 right. right. Uh, so, long story short, uh, I was like, wow, this is this is horrible. Like. I was up until that point, hey, I really want to do this. I want to work for the State Department. It was paperwork. It was like, oh, you put in X amount of years, and then you get promoted, and your salary is, like, flat, and it, yeah. it, it just didn't seem like something. It's not fun. No. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have any experience with that, but. Yeah. We we just. We uh, both were in the corporate yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not. I'd so, rather control my fate. You know? Yeah. And it yeah, feels yeah. like that's what you're in the position you're trying to do as well, right? So why real estate? Yeah. Okay, so I actually dropped out of college. Dope. So, uh, hit something. Okay, Uh, rap horns. College is for losers. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you how much I ate. No. Um, So I dropped out, and basically, I I was like, what do I want to do? I want to take some time off, and my family had a chocolate company. In Ligonier. So, like, gourmet chocolate, like, super expensive okay. chocolate. Which one? Shout out. <laughs> it's called Scamps Toffee. Okay. Yeah. okay. It's kind of, like, very boutique, but, like, you know, they're, like, we had a partnership with Jeffrey Zakarian, who's, like, a celebrity chef on Chopped. I don't know if you guys... Gotcha. You guys seem like people that watch Chopped. I used know? to watch yeah. it all the time. Yeah, so you know Jeffrey Zakarian, maybe. I do, maybe. I do know the Okay, name. so we had a partnership yes. or whatever uh, with him and did Omni, the Omni Hotel chain and all these chains. So I kind of learned about business, entrepreneurship and stuff, just working in the family business. Sure. And then I met a guy that was uh, kind of a developer, basically a super rich developer in D.C. And he was like, now I have all this money. I'm just going to like open a specialty food store because I like specialty food. So he opened a bunch of specialty food stores and I we eventually ended up selling him chocolate. Okay. So I kind of like inadvertently built a relationship with this guy because he was like hands on one of those older, you know, old time good old boys, right? Networking, baby. And, and, and he t- he started telling me about it. Hey, real estate, you know, you got to, in order to control your fate, you got you to make money. Yeah. We, we live in a capitalistic society in order to do what you want to do, not wait 50 years, yeah. right? And who wants to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got you to gotta own equity. You know, yeah. and you can own equity either by owning a business, you can own it by, you know, owning equity in a stock, you know, uh, or real estate. And I was like, okay, real estate's kind of interesting, kind of cool. And then I went down the whole rabbit trail of going you know, rich dad part, right? Yeah. Like you know, yeah, yeah. Everyone oh, said okay, it. Right, 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 right. It's the, like I the real the estate one hundred and one. Yeah, right, 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 right. Poor dad, yeah. the four quadrants. Okay. Yeah, you got, okay. you got it. You got it. You got it. Four hour work week. Yeah. So I knew that the the next step for me, I was like, I kind of want to get out of the family business. Like chocolate's fun, but I'm not super excited about it. And real estate seems interesting. I started to read stuff and you know, go on the internet and YouTube and everything like that. And, and so I joined a, a company locally in Pittsburgh. Uh, they're actually at, they were out of Grove city Okay, and I learned nice. ca- kind That's of oil city. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I kind of learned about the business, right. Being in that and just studying 
a lot learning about it. Uh, and then we did the wholesaling business and I was, I was the doing all the acquisitions and dispositions and getting stuff under contract. And we kind of built that business. Were you cold calling? No. Oh, okay, good. I did a little bit of cold calling, but like I was more like the guy that went out and, you know, closed the deals and, and talked to the sellers mm -hmm. and lined up all and did built those systems, the kind of the sales systems. Mm -hmm. So gotcha. we did, like I said, like about 70 deals in our first year. Nice. And that was last year. That's pretty impressive, isn't yeah. it? Like, I feel like that's a high number. I, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think that, you know, if you know do enough full about wholesaling yeah, I, yeah, to yeah. Like ask yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think that, that you know, there's some, there's some big guys, you know, in Pittsburgh of course. Uh, that, you, yeah. that, you know, they're just, I think Who's they're Matt Simmons, Matt Simmons. Yeah. Matt Simmons. Yeah. He's a big, um, guy. uh, and now, um, that's a couple cool. other guys. I don't. Uh, the home buyers of Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, yeah. right. The 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 fl urban capital. Those gotcha. guys did a whole wholesaling now, okay. and I think they're doing a lot of deals. But I learned, you know, when you do wholesaling, 70, I mean, seventy deals in yeah. in your first year in anything is, is a lot. Is a number that's pretty <laughs> yeah, impressive. Yeah, good. Especially yeah. this, like you know. So is that know. how you got started with your own stuff then? Because you guys obviously saw success, so you had enough money, and you're like, screw this. Yeah. These deals are coming on the table, and I'm not taking advantage of it, basically. Is that how it started? Uh, so I started kind of buying stuff on the side. So I bought yeah. a three-unit house hack in Highland Park. I saw that on your yeah. Instagram. Yeah. So that was your first one, right? That was the first one, and, and it was brutal. What I type mean, of loan did you do? FHA I know, yes. You got to start They're, with those. Those are great. Listen, if you're getting in and you can get as many doors as possible as a first-time investor, get up to four, right? That's yeah. the key, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Cause totally. You can get that many doors, and you do have the ability to live in one and it's considered your primary residence while wow, you fix the other ones up. It sounds like mm -hmm. that's what you did, but tell us about that. Well, I'm, you, you kind of spoiled it, but basically, <laughs> basically you get to live in, right, right there you go. Not better. You, you get to live in one half, right, and, run out, and run out the other, right? Yeah. So that's the, you it know, was if a you duplex. Could, it, it was a three unit. Three okay. Unit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was absolutely hell. I had to move back in with my parents. Gotcha. They live in Ligonier and my, and I'm now wife to be. We had to move back in, which was a hard conversation to have okay. <laughs> during the winter, right? Because we had some guy that took. How'd that go? Well, hey, it was hey baby, yeah. I got, I got news we, for we us. have no, we, we have no choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like she's like, oh, man, well, okay, like I love you, so let's do it, <laughs> yeah. right? Why'd you have to move out? So we had our timelines were totally screwed up. So yeah. we got this thing under contract in May, yeah. of 2020. Okay, okay, so. What happened was... Boy, when it just opened up. Yeah. What happened was the underwriters for our uh, FHA 203K loan kept changing because they're like, what the hell is going on? What the hell is going on? Right? Because COVID was like starting to get ramping up and PA was shutting down and it got crazy. And so our closing was delayed like three three months or something like gotcha. that. Months. Yeah. So that time was going to be allocated towards renovation. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And so we were like, and then we had our lease was due at the place that we were living at that time in like oh, October. Man. Oh, Well, wait, God. wait, wait. So we get, we, we close in August and our contractor goes in there and takes a $10,000 draw. You know, with the, the two or three K loans, yeah. you can do kind of like a, a preemptive draw for demo and all. He goes in there and spends one day in there and says, I'm sorry. You need about sixty thousand more dollars in your in your renovation budget, so we gotta we gotta split down. This is not going to be the right thing for us. And they had a loophole in in the contract in their clause 
because it was our first time investing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We looked over contract. We're like, all right, we'll sign it, right? Uh, and, and they just left. What was the loophole? No, it's basically like if they, if if the if there's insufficient amount of renovation funds oh. to satisfy the project, then they can choose. So they pull to, ten, do they give you the ten back? No. So did you use one contractor or did you wait, have several contractors? Wait. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Did you hear that? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. They pulled the $10,000 draw and you didn't get it back. Didn't get it. Why? What happened? Well, basically like um at that point we were we we had tenants in there that were event they're moving. They're moving out. So the three tenants in there they were moving out. One had to move out of state. The other one was like getting married and moving in with a friend. And then the other one was like this young kid that was like living there. He was like the nephew of like the owner, yeah. like living there for free, like totally. Yeah. And so they all moved out and that whole process was super stressful. And it was our first property and they took $10,000. And I'm like, are we going to sue these guys? Like, I don't have enough money to sue these guys yeah. to get the $10,000 yeah. back. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I didn't have them. I didn't have any money. Oh, and man. so it's like, we go to petty court. Right. Like what? What's gonna happen? It's gonna delay it months. It's gonna probably cost us a couple thousand dollars. I didn't have. We didn't have any money. And he's still not gonna pay you. He's not paying. Yeah. Me. Even if you win in court, no way. They don't have to pay wow. you. No way. Yeah. 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 That unfortunately happens so much. Yeah. It does. It's yeah. like, it's criminal. Criminal. Uh, Who so, was it? So. Who was it? I. I. Do I, I don't want to say. We can talk offline about it. I don't. Yeah. You know, um. But I, I will tell you this: the company that that did it, uh, a lot of other people have had really bad experiences with them. We'll talk. Shocker. About yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was desperate. I needed a contractor, and it was my first. You know, it was my first year, literally in real estate. Yeah. So I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. So, long story short, come September, I was like, Where am I going to live? I'm I'm paying every month to pay this, you know, mortgage, mortgage. payment. Where am I going to live? I'm, lo- I'm I can't renew the lease. The the leasing company already had that place rented out because we were like we're totally getting it, no problem. So they rented it out, and and I looked at Karen. I said, you know, we have to move in with my parents. <laughs> an hour, listen, an hour twenty minutes away. Oh my yeah. god, it's yeah. brutal. It's yeah. yeah, no, oh yeah, oh man, brutal, brutal. That's so um, that she stayed she, with you, she right? Oh, she's with you. Right yeah. oh, that's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. You better put a ring on it. Oh, okay, good. Better good. believe it, man. You better right. believe it. She's she's a saint. She's a saint. <laughs> yes. Um. So long story short, we found you know after months and months interviewing different contractors. I mean, driving in every single day, every single day to yep. get quotes. Yep. Um. People were, you know, giving us crappy quotes because I had no idea what I was doing. None. Nothing. Yep. And so people were giving us like, you know, two floors of HVAC, $25,000. You're like, oh. Yeah. Like, like nice. the ridiculous, like ridiculous, <laughs> like taking us out. And so eventually, eventually we found a good contractor. It's now one, our co- primary contractor today that, you know, we were able to negotiate and and figure out prices that work for everyone. And, That's and good. that property now is worth, you know, that property although it really killed us at the beginning we built hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity just because we bought it right Uh and we figured out you know how to renovate it right and uh now it's cash flowing and we're living it it's it's tremendous is that where you live now yeah but i mean we're 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 gonna be moving out to colorado within the next year but wow okay yeah we live there that's awesome yeah in that airbnb 
Uh, maybe, maybe in that, you know, if care, care definitely wants to move there, but, uh, yeah. you know, I'm like, eh, do we really need this five bedroom, five bath house? Like, yes. you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Answer is uh, yeah. a B and C <laughs> yeah. please. And those are all yes. <laughs> right, right, Thank right. you. <laughs> so, okay. So you, how long did that project actually take that? Like, uh, well, we, we moved in in March so you closed in August, and you were bright-eyed and first-time investor, thought you'd be done by October, right? Get all of it done and be living in this beautiful house and obviously hit in the face. And Ooh. you're like, okay, this isn't what I thought it was, but you pushed through it, right? So now you're living in it. And how much did you buy that for? 202 Okay. What would you say would a price for even in today's market? Uh, probably six twenty five. That's awesome. Uh, okay, that's awesome. So, yeah, that's, that's a, it's his first day on the board. Yeah, it's okay. okay, okay. Yeah, we switched this up today. We shouldn't have did that. So, <laughs> but that's awesome. So that's your first one, right? And now, what'd you put into it? Uh, about one hundred sixty thousand. Okay, so you doubled your money. What basically. did you budget? Uh, about 120. Okay, so 40 over. 40 over on the first one isn't bad if your number's 625. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you have to find private funding to yeah. come up with the other 40? Uh, we basically, I basically negotiated with our contractor that, hey, I'm going to put a line of credit on this afterwards, and I would pay you out via the line of credit. Smart. Okay. So, you know, he, I had paid him in a good way, and I was like, hey, you can put a contractor's lien on my place. Dope. Like I'll pay you within six months, and uh, most contractors can't float that. Yeah, you know what I mean for mm -hmm. six months. But this guy was able to float it. Or wow. if they can float it, they're usually the more expensive contractors that aren't able to, or they're like, yeah, my price is this. You know, right. the twenty five thousand for HVA two HVAs. <laughs> that number's hilarious. Just to even say that someone tried to charge you that. That's insane. <laughs> so okay, keep going, keep going. This is great. Well, that's it. You know, so yeah. we moved in and we and we uh, started house hacking and built you know put the line on there and started looking at more deals and and kept kept rocking and rolling yeah so what so are we up, up to, to now uh, i'm up to about 40 units 40 nice. yeah you scaled all, wow that's all multifamily. uh one single family and i absolutely hate it if anyone wants to buy a single family home in Irwin, <laughs> Irwin? call me call me <laughs> and he said, absolutely. Call me. Call so me. you basically, you after. You yeah, only right. do multifamilies, right? Yeah. That's it now. Multifamilies. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So why? Why? Um. Well, it's it aligns with my goals because I want to get to, I want to scale. So, you know, I, I don't want to, I think it takes just as much time to buy a multifamily property as a single family. It takes yes. just as much time to buy a six unit as it does a single family single family home i mean literally the financing's easier the creativity's more when you have more cash flow you can do more creative things you can do specific types of owner financing lease op, stuff like that wow. uh, and you can't do that single family homes is just a waste of time in my opinion let me ask you if you about, want to get to the next level right yeah. Yeah. a lot of cash flow let me ask you about seller financing mm -hmm. so um well i'll have you explain it um and then, and then kind of go down your, not your talk track, but like, how, how do you bring that up to the seller and how do you make it, um, you know, uh, like a good move in the seller's eyes, right? Yeah. So 
my my philosophy, I just kind of have to frame this because my philosophy around acquiring properties has dramatically changed from when I started. So I, I had about 14 units in um, June. Okay. And we've scaled wow. dramatically yeah. because we've changed our, um, I guess May, because June we started really buying. But we've scaled dramatically because of the conversations that we're having with sellers now. All right. So I learned in the wholesaling world that, you know, basically the whole world is cold calling, disrupting sellers, getting angry, you know, that they get angry at you and then you just lowball them and then you make the delta between the the, the equity that you can negotiate. Basically, you're negotiating for equity and the better negotiator you are and, you know, uh, the more ruthless you are really, um, you know, the the more equity and more successful you're going to be as a wholesaler. Now, there there are really op- opportunities as a wholesaler to, to add value to the marketplace because a lot of times there's these dilapidated houses and people just have no idea what they're doing. But uh, in that business, um, it's not really relationship oriented, right? So, you, you know, you're, you're, you're really doing a transactional gain and it's primarily sales and marketing. That's really it. Gotcha. When it comes to multifamily properties, the reason why we've been able to acquire, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't off the top of my head. Twenty six units in like two months, three months. Nice. Uh, is because we've been focusing on relationships, right? And when I say that, I mean when I have a conversation with someone now around buying a property, I am not asking them to buy the property. Right. I am literally talking to them about th- their situation. So, for example, I bought a six unit in um you know, in East Liberty in January, this past January. And I found it because I was comping a, another property for a rental property on Craigslist. And I saw this listing. I'm like, that's just like, it's six, you know, I'm, I've never got, I bought this off of Craigslist. I called the seller up and I talked to the seller and I said, Hey, you probably get these calls all the time. Cause I really understand that because I would do the wholesaling. I got so many reps in one year, just like talking to sellers. Like these people get these calls all the time and really just like getting level with them and having an actual conversation right. with them. Not yep. to sell. I know, I know that's so cliche, but most people it's are just true. like, where's the money? Yeah. Yep. Right. But actually having a conversation. So I got on the phone with this, this woman and then we can get a seller financing. I'm kind of like, you know, get going everywhere right now. But I got, got on the phone with this, this woman. I said, Hey, um, you probably get these calls a lot. I see you have a prop, uh, you know, a unit for rent. I would love to see if it fits with your financial goals, if you'd be willing to sell this property to me. And she's like, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, I'll think about it. And I could tell, you know, we talked for about 10, 15 minutes. I learned about a business. I'm like, Hey, tell me about how you got here. I'm really looking to get to the next level. And I, I, I haven't done a six unit yet. I've never gotten there. How did you do it? And really actually asking them to mm-hmm. tell me their story. But it was also genuine. You're yeah, it was literally genuine. I actually want to yeah. have, I'm actually curious and want to have it. So 15 minutes later, she basically tells me like, yeah, you know, we're sort of divesting now. We got a bunch of other properties and, you know, uh, let me talk to my husband about this and I'll get back to you. And so she calls me the next day. And she says, hey, Clayton, um, you know, we're not really looking to sell, but this number would work, 395 And 395 for a six unit in uh, East, East Lib, Lib. yeah. <laughs> he got excited about yeah, just right, saying Right. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. She, she's like, 
she basically said, I don't want any trouble. I don't want to disrupt my tenants. So I drove over to the place because I have a couple of buildings at Highland Park. I drove over to the building and I was like, if I have to gut this building, it's probably going to be worth more than three ninety-five. I'm just going to give her a number. Called her back. Most people would be like three seventy-five or three sixty-five or three fifty because there was room there. She's like, oh, I'm like three ninety-five. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. That's the number you want. I want to build a relationship with you because she has another thirty-five units that I'm. And she's divesting, yeah. And so I knew that that was that that was the opportunity for me to actually build a relationship. That. Here, here's here's what I'm trying to get at with the relationships. She had a property manager that w- showed me the property eventually when we got under contract. That property manager has brought me two deals this year. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Two deals, two multifamily properties, and a and a potential flip mm-hmm. that I'm underwriting right now. I don't really like flips, but um, long story short, it was because I was really actually building a relationship with these people. So that that that's that's the ability. That's what I've used at this next level to actually care and be curious. And you can send out a bun- bunch of postcards. People have already gotten the postcard. So how do you actually craft a competitive message, a, a message that's going to put you across or, you know, make you seem like you're an actual human being so you can build rapport with the seller. And maybe you put in all this effort, you talk to the seller, you build a relationship and nothing happens. That happened to me. I was talking to a guy, um, you know, la- last week I looked at nine of his units. They were all in Highland Park. And I'm like, hey, man, I can't make this work. Interest rates are too high. Can't make it work. I'm sure your numbers work, but I can't make it work for me. And it ended up what, what ended up happening is, you know, we'll, we'll just keep in contact. And maybe in a couple of years when interest rates are lower, he'll know me as the guy that actually listened, took him out to lunch, built yeah. a relationship. So That's awesome. Yeah. So now you're up to how many again? 40. 40 units. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's your goal by the, like, for next year? Um, so I want to get to hundred units by the beginning of the summer. Uh, awesome. it, but, but, but also sort of looking in other asset classes right now, you know, particularly in land, you know, okay. buying, buying land, uh, yeah. and, and, and flipping land, because I think that there's, there's less, uh, credit risk in that world. Um, you know, compared to like buying multifamily properties and specifically with the Burr strategy, because interest rates never they impact that world, but not nearly to the extent that they impact the multifamily world. Because most people who are buying land, it's not a very financeable asset. So most people who are buying it are either going to get financed by the person who's selling it, you know, an owner finance deal, or they're going to pay cash for it, right? And I'm looking at specific tranches in the land world that you're going to have a more sophisticated buyer. So sort of higher value parcels, and trying to buy those and flip them. Gotcha. So that's what. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Are you doing anything with the land? I mean. Uh, no, not, nothing, nothing yet. It's really, this is sort of a, you guys are the first person, people that I'm talking to about this, but I'm, I'm, you know. Hey, what's up? With Time, baby. Wait, 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 wait. First, so, so, so it's right on the air, but yeah, I'm going to be going after uh, nothing. I mean, just literally buying it and flipping it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to subdivide it or develop on it or anything like that because I think there's some risk there and I don't want to incur any additional risk. I just think that it's going to be a good asset class to move in with with interest rates where they are. Mm -hmm. 40 units. How do you manage all of them? I have a property management company. Nice. How long did it take you to switch over to the property management company? Six units. Okay. I I just was like, you know, I I, I know my skill set and I am not 
I'm not the most detail-oriented person. I'm trying to get better, but yeah. uh, I just know that if I was managing them, I wouldn't be able to do what I wanted to do. And it's like, okay, if it's 10% a month, you know, with all the fees, I'm not going to get, I'm not getting, I'm not getting rich off 40 units. Right. Yeah. So might as well just like have someone else manage it so I can focus on buying more, more, getting more so I can get to a critical mass and then look at it and say, you know, cause how much cash flow can you actually get off 40 units? I don't know. You tell us. Yeah. No, you don't have to. <laughs> so you keep saying we. Is it you and your fiance? Is it you and another partner? Yep. Is it who? What's this we that we keep hearing? Well, about? it's 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 really me, me and my fiance. Okay. And I've got and and I have we have a partner on a couple of our our newer deals. Okay. Um, just because you know we want to, th- th- there's it's sort of a, again a family member, and we wanted to really you know partner with them, see if there's some ability for us to use their expertise and they have really good construction management expertise and they have some good finances so we're like hey let's let's try this out a little bit yeah yeah well it's pretty cool to hear that you had all the i mean i feel like every person we ask though about it who's getting involved in real estate the first story is always just a nightmare you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. his the person who owns his brokerage life space yeah. he lost like 40 grand on yeah, the first one right and he literally <laughs> had to say i will pay you every dollar i promise and just kept working 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 sold and now, his car yeah like, now he's up to over 100 doors yeah. in less than a couple of years you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, Plus a brokerage. Yeah. I mean, you'll have to check out that podcast because that was one of our best Jesse ones. Wig. Jesse Wig. Shout out. So that's pretty From cool. From milk closet to millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. So the, let's touch on this market, though, because um, you're an investor and you've mentioned it. Interest rates, we all know they're up right? Interest rates are cyclical. They go up, they go down. I feel like if you're paying attention to the news, you think it's doom and gloom. The world's over. I don't think that way. I would say that most of us you know, can agree that it's not that way because we're right. in it every day. But what are you seeing as far as where this market is? Where is there opportunity to? So touch on that. Uh, I think that we, uh, I'm starting to see a degree of price decreases which so there's this like really interesting time whenever interest rates were like sort of going up between like june and early september yeah where the sellers were still like hung they're still hung up with the previous prices yeah it takes a while for like a market to correct to the extent that like you're actually going to see the interest rate related to the purchase price flip yeah but it still hasn't happened so like people are saying oh prices there's price cuts yeah but but the price per unit measured by the actual cost of your debt over the property that you purchase is actually still not lower than what it was when you had interest rates that were lower. I love that you say that because I feel like what we're seeing is price corrections, not necessarily decreases, right? Maybe someone priced it wrong, right? They don't know how to price it. Maybe they're not an experienced agent and they're still living in the 3% interest rate world. You know what I mean? And we're still seeing that. So we're actually seeing corrections and that's good to say that, you know, the value is still there. You mm-hmm. know, you just got to get the right deal, right? Totally. Okay. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, I think that the way that we're underwriting our deals, so our strategy primarily, kind of switching a little bit for the multifamilies, we're, we're pitching more seller financing, and and you know sort of lease to owns. But with the Burr with the Burr strategy, 
Uh, we're underwriting for about a hundred, you know, one one point one point five points um, over what we're currently getting debt at for our burrs. So usually our burrs are like, you know, four to six months. And for those who don't know, burring is just buying a property, re- rehabbing it, and then renting it out and then refinancing it and just keep recycling your money. But there's a lag period of time when you purchase a property and then when you refinance it, right? Yep. Uh, and so we're saying, you know, over a you know four to six month period, there's about 1.5% potential for interest rates to increase, right? Like that's gotcha. what we're saying. Okay. That's what we're, we're, you know, whether it's right or no, not, who knows? Um, Cause there's a lot of flux, fluctuation in those interest rates, mm-hmm. but we're saying, Hey, over that period of time, it's probably safe to assume that there's going to be 1.5% interest rates uh, that are going to go up on our debt, on our debt. That doesn't necessarily mean everyone's debt, like a 30 year fix versus yes. like we have a different, t- we have commercial loans that we use. Okay. Like commercial line of credits and stuff like that. When we refinance, we use like portfolio loans, which okay. are, you know, uh, you through credit union, small banks, whatever. Yep. Uh, and they're going to give you mostly, you know, 25 year AM loans with five year. Yeah. Or 15 year terms and five year resets or 10 year resets. So what that means for the listeners that don't know is that in five years, the same value that the mortgage company placed on, hey, you know, this interest rate is X amount this year because of the interest rates of the climate. They're just going to reassess that in five years or 10 years. Okay. So we're we're trying to get debt that's at 10 years because we don't really know where the interest rates are going to be in five years. But there are people that say, oh, it's going to be down next year. Because the government's like gonna crank it down again, or the Fed's gonna crank it down again. Yeah, we don't really know, so that's why we're trying to go after those owner financing deals. Gotcha. So when you say that, that means the seller's gonna do some sort of financing until you can refinance with your commercial loan, basically. Right. Right. So for basically, when you're in the environment, and I, what I did is I kind of started. After we started to get these refis back, I, I was like, okay, in a high interest rate environment, what actually happens, right? Well, what happens is your debt gets more expensive per, you know, 100 basis points, 1%, like dem- way more expensive, which yep. means that if you're doing a burst strategy, you can pull out less money, Yep. which means even though you pull out less money, that still could mean that you still have a low cash on cash return because you have more money into it, but- the return because your debt is so expensive because, you know, in f- 7% interest, your mortgage could be $8,000, but 5%, it could be $4,000, right? So you're pulling out less money. You're having less cash flow. So what is what do we have to do? Well, we have to find ways that we can finance our properties that's going to have a lower interest rate or a, you know, longer term yep. or not. So we're, we're pitching sellers, hey, we're looking at 25 units right now. A portfolio and we're pitching owner financing to have the to have the owner carry the carry the note for 30 years uh but you know we have a balloon in like 15 years gotcha but that's that yeah that's that's kind of what we're trying to do now <laughs> i know that was a lot of kind of <laughs> no. conversation go with the seller yeah yeah so i mean it only works if you have trust mm-hmm. so m- people go in i talked to this guy uh, he has like 95 units and okay. I talked to him and he's, he's like, I get these phone calls all the time and people, the first thing they say is, will you finance this 0% down? <laughs> and he's like, these kids, they, they just went to the, the local 
real estate <laughs> seminar and they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy this 25 unit building, 0% down, no money out of pocket and have $5,000 in the bank. <laughs> it's like what? Sold. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> so what, what the, the conversation really has to go around is my goal in the conversation is to see if they're willing to sell or finance. But the way that I get there is not a straight line, yeah, right? right? The way yeah. that I get there is, yep. is this person want, do they want to sell or finance? If they don't want it to sell or finance, then I can't even get there with a straight line. Mm -hmm. If they're on the, if they're on the fence of seller financing, why would they be on the fence? Okay. And then you kind of learn about that. And then at the end you pitch seller financing, but sometimes these people will self pitch like the guy that I'm looking at this 20, these 25 units, he said, I will finance it. And I didn't even pitch it. Nice. I didn't even say anything. Cause yeah. I just, I just met him in a, his bar and we just started talking and I was like, Hey, tell you me were about just it. at a bar. And yeah. You he, he, he owns a bar. He owns a bar. Okay. And he was like, Hey, meet me. Cause I'm like, Hey, I don't want to talk about, he wanted me to just call him and give him an offer on his portfolio. He okay. gave me a, and I'm like, I'm not going to just call you and give him an offer on a portfolio. Let's go out and grab a drink or grab, yeah. you know, grab yeah. lunch or whatever. So we went out and grab a drink and he just, I was like, Hey, tell me about your business. How do you evaluate properties? How do you, how do you it's like I'm learning? And we spent like an hour there. And at the end of it, he's like, Hey, you want to talk about these properties? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let's talk about them. So we started talking about the properties and I'm like, all right, tell me about your ideal scenarios. Like I'll finance all these for you. Jesus. Wow. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because I'm sure he hasn't had that conversation with other people. Now everyone in Pittsburgh is going to go out there and start no, <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> Even yeah. when people know the right information, mm -hmm. the problem is, is that they all want to do the straight line. They forget that you can't just ask for the business. You can't just ask for you to sell me your property. You're doing it as an actual, you're, and that's, that's Clearly. the five percent of them that actually go out and execute. Yeah, like exactly. The majority of them will get this information and never do yeah. anything with it. Yeah, exactly. They're going to try that straight line approach, like oh, Gary Vee, give everything away. For exactly. Free. Right. There so trust me, you still don't have that much competition because right. I just listened to you and I still don't know how to do it. So I don't. Quite frankly, we don't get that many yeah. listeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. We're the number whoa, number two after Joe Rogan. We're Let's number one say. real estate podcast. Number two after Joe Rogan. All right. 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 So, right. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's, no, that's really, a, it's a really good point guys. I yeah. mean, I'm sure you've seen that in your businesses too. It's but it always comes back to relation or relationships, right? Because that guy, if you wouldn't have went out and did that and you would have, you could have offered him more than what he was asking for. And he still could have said no. Cause he'd be like, what's up? I don't trust you. Cause if you have no trust, they're not doing business with you basically. You know what I mean? So that's pretty cool that that's how you go about it. Because a lot of people, I get the text messages all the time, like, sell me your house. I'm like, no, sell me one that I want. Like, I'm not selling you my house. I'm not in the business of selling them. I'm in the business of acquiring more. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I get them all the time because I have a house that is in the process of getting fixed up. Okay. So people drive past, they see it, and they're all just the cheesiest way to try and get it. And I'm like, nope, send me a deal. Someone texted me uh, last night and I was like, I was giving them like price per unit. Like, all right, here, I'll sell it if you give me these price per unit and, you know, give me like $15 million and I'll sell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let, what if they would have said yes? You probably still wouldn't have sold it to them. You wouldn't have trusted like, it. Uh, 
I would have been like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, $150,000 earnest money that goes hard first day. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That hits the account. Right, 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 right. I'm okay with wired. doing that. Right, right. Exactly. So for investors, you still think it's a really good time to buy, basically. And it's, I feel like it's always a good time to I buy. I was just going to say that. Like, that's my personal feelings. It's just. Again, are, do the numbers make sense? And me being on the mortgage end, I was actually telling our main man Cody here before we started. Cody, um, shout out Solventless Dreams. Um, but I was telling him, I don't even talk about rate. We talk about payment. It's always about payment, right? No one has ever said, "Oh, I'm buying a house because rates are at three percent." No, you bought a house because you needed a house. You bought a house because it made more sense because maybe that payment was lower than what you're paying in rent, right? So if you focus on payment, then it's always a good time to buy. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing values adjust according to payments. So it's more of a correction. We're not going to see 25% appreciation in houses this year. Shocker, right? <laughs> That's a really scary what? place to be at. Okay. And I yeah. know people are selling that. Like, oh, your house. No, your house will appreciate and it is a great investment, but it shouldn't be over the course of one year. You make $75,000 unless you're doing what you're doing, putting value into the house. Not, I bought it. I switched out the dishwasher and cleaned the floors. So it's worth at least 50 grand more. Like at that's least. terror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least like that's a, that's a bad like sign if that was continuing. So I'm actually happy rates are higher. You know what I mean? From my perspective, because this is a long-term game, not, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm in here for one year to make money. I'm in here to have a career, give people the right advice. And I'll even tell buyers now, cause I deal with more single family home buyers. Right. And I'm like, if you're moving in two years, maybe it's not the best time for you to buy right now. Right. You should have a plan of three years at least to be in that house, mm -hmm. because just think about it. When you sell the house, you have six percent commission to the realtor plus one percent up to two and a half percent in transfer tax. So if you don't get that appreciation, you are out that money right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you should educate people the right way. And again, it's always a good time to buy. Just why are you buying? Mm -hmm. Right. Not because of interest rates. It's what is your purpose of selling that portfolio? What, how do you, you know what I mean? The same way you backdoor into getting the answer you want. I'm trying to find out why are you really talking to me right now? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So when you take that and scale it to what you're doing, it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. No, that's a great, I, I love how you kind of reframe it from, from interest rate. Cause people are obsessed with those little things that, cause the, you know, MSNBC tells you interest rate, interest rate. It's really Fuck about, yeah, right. It's really about payment. And, yeah. and also, you know what, I, you know, it, I think it's great to be a, in your position owning the business that you have in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh is America's most affordable city. Yes. Literally. Yes. So if you're buying here, there's no other place. that's a better place to buy. <laughs> Literally, yes. Literally, at like, least the, the like San Francisco, it would be hard for me to like say unless you're house hacking, it's actually worth it given what the payment is. Yes, but like Pittsburgh, you should snow brainer. 
Exactly, no right? So, I mean, at the end of the day, Pittsburgh market, and even historically, where have been more recession-proof than other cities, I think a lot of it contributes to the unions that we have. So we have people making good wages. Like We already went through the steel mill crash a long, long time ago, so then we got unionized. So people have steady wages, and, you know, we're – our prices are coming up, but we're usually still well below that national median average. Well so, below. Yeah, like well below. still buy a house for like 20 grand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's probably bought a couple of houses like for yeah. oh, 20 yeah. per door. Or oh, yeah. Less, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I Christ think he doesn't even buy them. The seller just gives them the money. Give them the house. <laughs> Signs it right over just, gives, just give me the keys. <laughs> it's I know. Awesome. We're going to go to lunch with him and just be like, here, do you want my house? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's pretty cool. So what's your next steps? Like where, where's yeah, your, where do you want to take this? you're moving to Colorado, that's, I mean, I'm not a genius, but that's a pretty expensive place to live. So yeah, it's a it's it's like a thousand dollars a square foot or more. Is it really easily in most places? It's so why choose that market? Why get out of this market? Because you know it's hard to do when you're not here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it is, and I think it isn't. I think that because of the scale that we're doing it at, I don't think it's like going to be that okay. hard. Um, gotcha. And the next moves for me is to continue to scale the the uh, multifamily business and also do the you know land land business is sort of the um the income generator so i can like have my have a you know my land business and then invest into the commercial assets which are the mul- bigger multifamily properties i feel like that's the first time i've i've heard that which is interesting that you're diving into land acquisition and land flipping mm-hmm. uh haven't haven't had too many people go I'm gonna I'm gonna buy and sell land as my income producer, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a that cool I, little take. I think it's a blue. I really think it's a blue ocean. Still, I think that you know the I've done the wholesaling thing. I've done uh, you know, multi a lot of different stuff, and I, I think that there's a real tremendous opportunity for people. Very cool. The reason one of the biggest reasons is is because it's so difficult to actually obtain like market comps and yeah. no one knows about it i mean literally how many people do it's you hard know to get a loan yeah. like there, there's very few banks that are doing yeah. just land loans right because yeah. like you said it's hard to put a value on it and i think they're correct me if i'm wrong but there's different classes of lands right so you could be buying 15 acres but not one acre you could absolutely build on you know what mm-hmm. i mean or have any mm-hmm. actual value in that land mm-hmm. so like i've had buyers like oh i see this piece of property and i'm like do you realize that's in a cliff like you can't right. like, like you, what are yeah. you gonna do yeah so and they're not prepared for that and like it's a little beyond my scope of my business so i don't really dive down there but i'm like yeah you're not ready for that <laughs> right yeah right so yeah. that's why i really like it and i think that it's you know and we're we're gonna send out our first sort of mailer and uh this week and we're gonna be uh investing in florida and north carolina okay nice. and then uh taking those profits and then reinvesting in pittsburgh and then eventually sort of taking all of our properties in pittsburgh and i want to sell them you know get a get a portfolio mm-hmm. sell them and then go into like core assets because I think in the next like 20 years, owning the 1900 builds, which majority of my buildings are like built in 1900 or 1920, it's just going to be an absolute, it's a nightmare already. It's so costly to, to, um, you know, maintain them. them. It's so costly. And so I'm like, I I think that there'll be an end of life for a lot of these buildings. Like they're just going to, how many times can you redevelop it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I my my, my, okay. my my philosophy is like all these like cast iron and box gutters and things are gonna get like inflation of materials is getting more and more expensive. So I, I wanna just take, you know, build a really strong portfolio here and then ten thirty one that into less maintenance, lower yield but less maintenance. So I can save the tax and then, you know, continue to leverage the equity that I built for my Pittsburgh portfolio. Could be it could be like a like a new build like a two hundred or three hundred unit okay, or something that like question. that. Like so, R- what type of asset class are you trying to move your money into? So, newer apartment complexes, things like that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So 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 like new builds like built after like two thousand two thousand ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So not that many in Pittsburgh, but that's that's the goal. That's pretty cool. Yeah. If you were a first time, like, what advice can you give? To a first-time investor right now, oh, um, I th- I think that th- that the most important thing is that you you actually just get started. Yeah. Um, but I I always lead with house hacking. Yeah. You know, work with someone like you and and get the right loan product and 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 start house hacking because there's no other way that you can get, there's so many tax benefits of owning your own home and, and, you know, being able to live for free and Pittsburgh still, you can buy great apartment, apartment buildings for low down payments. And so I, I just think that the best way to get started is find a good realtor, find a good, you know, a mortgage broker or whatever. And, and, um, Oh God! Doing the deed, <laughs> guys. I promise. I promise. They didn't tell me this. And, and getting it, getting house hacking. Yeah. So Cut your I, teeth. I just closed. Helped a buyer close. She's a young girl, nurse. And I think the key to getting started is also having a mainstream of income. Right? You can't just start flipping houses because you're going to run out of money real quick if you don't know what you're doing. And so have that steady stream of income. But this girl bought a big ass house in Bloomfield and it was like a $400,000 purchase four bedroom. She turned the basement into a fifth. She's staying in the crappiest one out of all of them. She put all four bedrooms up on Craigslist. They're all rented out her. She's going to go do a travel nursing for the next year and just crush it. And I was like, listen, you have to be in this house for a year before you go buy another one for me to be able to say it's going to be your primary residence. So go work as a travel nurse bank all your money you right. don't have a mortgage payment and then when you come back you have 20 percent down you'll have so many options mm-hmm. at that point because again it's a long game yeah. it's not you know she's not going to crush it in three weeks she needs to she's doing amazing all right i need her to help me find contractors to be honest <laughs> she just grills them i'm like wow all right good for you so nice. yeah there's definitely ways to do it just get started I love that piece of advice. Just get started. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like I said earlier, it's the execution that yeah. everybody falls short of. You know, you have all the information in the world, but yeah. not doing anything is the worst strategy ever. Well, I'll even be honest. The house that I'm working on in Beachview, I'm at a point where if I try to get out of it now, I'm losing. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know what? I got into this to learn the amount of things I've learned so far is more valuable than me. Mm. And I may break even, I may lose a little bit on the first one. Who cares? Right. I've never, I've never gutted a house before. I was always intimidated by it. Like, Oh my God, this is so like, now it's down to the studs. I'm like, 
this shit isn't that hard. How are these people charging me this much to fix it? <laughs> That's the part that gets so, 10 G's on a yeah, demo. Yeah. <laughs> 10 G's on demo. Like it's just, there's so much like that you can learn just by getting started. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, you got all the pieces in place. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. One, one last thing related to that too is I think that, um, a lot of times when we're learning about this business or just like life in general and business in general, we tend to take a time, per, like our time increments are very short. Yeah. When I mean that as like a lot of people will, you know, if they're starting wholesaling or being a real estate agent or, or building a business like your business, they say, okay, how much money can I make this year? Yep or this month or this week. And I've found that the best decisions that I've ever made, the reason why I, I am say I'm getting in the land, the reason why I'm saying that is because in my strategy with buying, buying uh, apartment buildings and then going into larger s sort of core assets is because I think in terms of 10 year increments, five year increments. And I, I would, I would implore the listeners to actually start to it's very hard, but start to think in terms of longer time frame increments because what that allows you to do is actually make decisions that's going to benefit your future self and, and think about, you know, getting into trends before they're trendy or getting into neighborhoods or whatever. Uh, and also like when you buy like a, some, I bought like houses or buildings and, and been like, why did I buy that? <laughs> right. Cause in the moment I was like, I just want a unit count. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. Instead of saying, do I really want to own this asset for, for five years? I've divested and those are all gone. But long story short, I think that taking a long term time horizon when thinking about making decisions is just so critical with with being successful, even in the short term. That's awesome. That's actually really good advice. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. man, this has been fun and informative. Yeah. Thank you. Where so can much. we find you on social media? Yeah. Uh, Clay Hepler is my IG. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm getting more active on Twitter, but, uh, Clay Hepler on Twitter too. Kind of like active on social media, kind of not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can get me. Now you ways. put out some, put some really good videos on your Instagram. Oh, thanks for sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. For sure. Cheers. Cheers. For sure. Well, this is great, man. Hey, I'm Tanner Hall. This is Ryan Sexton. And we are. Doing the deed. Number one podcast in the world, Craig. Not the city. In the, the world. world. We're out.